Good morning. Welcome to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm Gary Demas. I'm president of Dave Fox Design Build Remodelers right here in Columbus. And we have been in Columbus for, I think, 37 years. So it's been a long time. And uh, Dave Fox, of course, was our founding father and started the company back in 82. And he retired in 2005 and is enjoying his retirement in Florida. And left me and all my great people and staff that I have today to be running the company. <clears throat> so next week we will be talking with Greg Rice. He's our production superintendent, and we're going to be talking about moving walls. So if you've ever thought about relocating or moving a wall or whether a wall can be moved in your home, this would be a great time for you to listen. So that'll be next Sunday morning at 8. If you want to know about moving walls, listen in next Sunday morning at 8. So today we're going to talk uh, about universal design and aging in place. And I have Courtney Burnett, our interior design manager with us this morning. Thanks, Courtney, for being here. Always a pleasure, Gary. Okay. So universal design, does that mean it could be used anywhere in the universe? So if we start a colony on Mars, it would work there too? I like that idea. I don't see why we couldn't implement a little universal design on Mars. <laughs> <Okay. All right. laughs> it might come with its own challenges. So today's show is about new colonies <laughs> on Mars, right? Okay. This is taking a quick turn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So um, we'd like to hear comments from anybody listening. So you can email us at info at and you can always go to DaveFoxRadio.com if you want to hear any previously broadcast shows. And maybe we have a show on Venus somewhere back in the archives, Courtney, you think? <laughs> you never know what you'll find. Okay. <laughs> so, like I said, today, Courtney, we're talking universal design mm -hmm. and aging in place. And um, when did all this become popular? Well, um, I know that, um, <clears throat> you know, we were studying universal design and, and its concepts when I was in school um, for design at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. um, that was more than 14, 15 years ago. So I want to say that was maybe when we started educating some of the um, industry members. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, that was one of the first times I visited Dave Fox mm -hmm. uh, was with a uh, group of students and professors. I remember and that. And we Dave. were presenting the concepts of universal design to mm -hmm. your design staff. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, based on that experience, you know, I would have assumed that it, would, it was a fairly new concept at that time to the remodeling market. Um, and designers. And um, I know, you know, our education was kind of revolving a little bit around that as a concept. Mm -hmm. I think they're wanting, obviously graduating students at that time to go out into the, the workforce with a, a big, bigger understanding of how design impacts um, health and well-being and, mm -hmm. and our daily lives on all different levels, more than just aesthetically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think your timing is just right there. Whenever, you know, I've been in this business a long time and whenever something a kind of a new theme gets popular i always want to find out as much as i can about it and make sure that i'm prepared in case it really takes off and i know what i'm talking about and so i remember when universal design uh kind of came to the forefront and it was we were more aware of the need for that and and the place that it fit in homes and in buildings buildings and everything so there i was looking for ways for us to get more educated and remember there was this uh, big seminar up in toronto canada mm -hmm. on universal design so i went with along with a couple of our team up there just to kind of you know 
get immersed in what was happening at that time and what were the lecturers talking about with universal design. Okay, I didn't even know that. Yeah, <laughs> so that would have been really close to the same time that you're talking about, mm-hmm, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Darn, I missed out on that trip. Uh, you did, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, I think universal design is uh, um, such a great concept. Um, and for those people that are listening that maybe aren't sure exactly what, what we're referring to, uh, it's basically a design that makes a home accessible or doesn't necessarily have to be a home for us. That's what our focus is um, to all people, regardless of their age or, or their ability. It's really, honestly, in my opinion, just a smarter way of designing for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. I was actually talking about this a little bit yesterday when we had a group of um, educators touring with us mm-hmm. at our facility. And Um, You know, many of our standards for really a lot, uh, table heights, seat heights, even sizing was was just based on averages, the average person, the average height of a woman or the average height of a man. But if Mm -hmm. if we only design to the average, we're missing a huge group of people above and below when it comes to physical ability, physical structure, Mm -hmm. height, you know, eyesight, everything. So uh, universal design is trying to get away from that designing for the average person and just just really designing for everyone and encompassing everything that we can uh, and being maybe more forward thinking and preventable. Yeah. Yeah. And as I think back to those early days when this, this theme was making its way to the forefront uh, and people were beginning to think about it and like us as remodelers and businesses that will bring this to the table and actually implement it in people's homes. My first thought was um, how much traction is this going to get with our clients because really everything we do is client driven. You know, we're Mm -hmm. here to meet their needs and to serve them. So of course we want to be educated and be able to talk to them about what we recommend and how we, what we feel would be beneficial to them and their lifestyle and their family. And of course, a lot of that has to do with what you were talking about, how accessible are things and are the counters right for the people that are using it. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, how many people, are going to find value in this because it wasn't the the mainstream talk back then. I mean, people just weren't talking about it when they were going to do a kitchen or bathroom. That's not what they were talking about. So uh, any new concept, you don't really know how it's going to be embraced. Mm -hmm. So it could be something that takes off like a whirlwind. And if you weren't prepared, you'd be left in the dust or you may over prepare and it may not gain much traction. Right. So, you know, I, over the years I just developed kind of a be ready, but wait and see instead mm-hmm. of, well, of course you might say I plunge in head first in the hot stuff, <laughs> yeah, which I sure do. I'm not sure I would evaluate yeah. you that way, Carrie. But, yeah, so, a little bit of both okay. can't hurt, yeah. right? <laughs> but um, um, it is interesting just to look at how it has um, played out over the years. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it, probably didn't gain as much traction as quick as I thought it would. Mm -hmm. It was kind of slow to come on the scene. And I remember initially, a lot of people were just not willing to spend extra money for some of these features. Right. Right. So what have you seen? So, I mean, it's interesting. I think the concept of universal design is very strong within the design and remodeling community uh, and manufacturers. I think that we're very aware of of how this concept works and how products have been developed and changed over the years to become more universal and and more easily accessible. I don't think the term, though, is still um, as... uh, 
impactful to the consumer. You know, I rarely would get a client coming in saying, oh, well, I would I would love a new kitchen and make sure it's all well universally designed. Mm -hmm. You know, that concept isn't really connecting. However, I think that a lot of our customers are asking for things that we would consider to be universal design features. They just don't relate the two together. Um, I think there's a lot of design and aesthetic trends that are popular because they might look neat or um, people find them different and interesting, but they're actually considered universal design features as Mm -hmm. well. And we'll, um, you know, dig more deeply into specific rooms as uh, our uh, discussion goes on. But a good example of that would be a uh, zero entry shower or a barrier free shower. Uh, That's a a very um, specific universal design feature where you don't have to step over a curb and into the shower, but people are wanting it because it's clean, it's contemporary, it's easy. They don't want to step over anything either, but they're, they're not relating necessarily the two together instantly. It's, it's, it's popular for other reasons. I think that's a great point. So these products are kind of creeping into the marketplace and accomplishing a level of universal design, but it's not like here's a universal design shower. Instead, it's like, wow, this makes so much sense. Not having a threshold. Let's do this. Yes. Which Mm -hmm. is why I've always thought universal design is also just really good design. Mm-hmm. It's just taking your thought a little bit further and, and more intention in what you're designing, why and why, mm-hmm. not just spatially, but also the products that we have available to us too um, with manufacturers. And we'll we'll touch on that more as we, we continue to talk Absolutely. as well. So we're talking today, universal design, and I've got Courtney Burnett with me, the interior design uh, manager at Dave Fox. So Courtney, after the break, let's get into some kitchens, all right? Sounds great. All right, we'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. Really glad you're tuning in on this Sunday. And today I've got Courtney Burnett, uh, the interior design manager at Dave Fox Design Builder Modeler. So Courtney, it's really a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you. I love being here. Great. So um, as we mentioned in the first segment, Courtney, we're talking about universal design and aging in place. And I think one of the important uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, eye-openers, that we discovered in our discussion was that even though we're not uh, presenting a design and classifying it as here is your universally designed kitchen or bathroom, Mm -hmm. but instead there's just a lot of universally designed products that are finding their way into kitchens and baths. Correct. Without screaming, I'm universal design. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we have a lot more tools in our toolbox, so to speak, to create spaces that we would consider to have a lot of universal design features that are mm-hmm. going to, um, you know, make a space more adaptable and more usable by uh, not even, not only the people that live there, but guests or family that might be visiting even or friends. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that um, the industries really embrace this concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think then from there, our responsibility as, you know, builders and remodelers and designers is to integrate this into the lives of our, of the consumer. Exactly. So how do we do that with kitchens? So, you know, the kitchen is the heart of the home. You know, there's a lot that takes place in the kitchen. Um, For some families, it's the entertainment hub. It's the food space, of course. It's the living room even. Mm -hmm. Um, And others, it might just be where you go to fix a meal and and maybe don't do all those things. So you really have to understand, you know, the needs of of everyone individually Mm -hmm. and and how each home is used. Um, But I think number one... 
in the kitchen when thinking about universal design is maybe accessibility. How easy is it to get what you need? Because ultimately in the kitchen, you know, we need to be able to get what we need from the refrigerator and put it on the counter, wash it or prepare it or cook it and then have dinner, breakfast, lunch or dinner. So Mm -hmm. if we kind of drill it down to the most basic function, from my perspective, that's what you'd be able to need, be able to do, want to be able to do in the, in the kitchen. Um, so sometimes just getting to things is hard for people. Uh, maybe you're really short and you have 10 foot ceilings in your kitchen mm-hmm. and your cabinets go all the way up to the ceiling, but you can't reach anything anyways. So in that case, maybe they weren't really thinking about the user in that design. Yeah. So how do we look at, um, you know, where is the storage even located? Mm-hmm. Just because we have high ceilings doesn't mean we have to stack all the cabinets up to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, maybe having um, certain cabinetry uh, storage more in the island or the base so it's easier to access and to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, one design trend that's really strong right now is having less and less wall cabinets, mm-hmm. um, more and more windows. They kind of go hand in hand. People really love that look. Yeah. Um, the ironic side to that is that means no wall cabinets. The storage is going to become more accessible to people. Uh, it might be children. If you've got young kids in the home where you store their snacks so they can get them themselves and they can learn how to That could be a problem in my house. <laughs> <laughs> right? Where are those, you know, the good snacks going, you know, down low, the treats maybe it's go like, up high. Where did all those snacks go? Oh, the grandkids ate them all. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a problem too. Um, so yeah, where things are stored. Um, and there are features available today with, um, technology and automation that can help. Uh, Mm -hmm. There are companies that make interior storage elements that help us access what's inside. Uh, I'm sure all of our listeners can relate to opening up that base cabinet, getting down on their hands and knees and digging to the back to find that thing that they need. Mm -hmm. That's not very easy for anyone, uh, let alone maybe if you have uh, hip issues or knees, knee injuries or um, eyesight, even if your eyesight is, you know, going uh, compromised. So even just as simple as installing pull out, roll out shelves. So you don't have to bend down as far, opening that up, finding what you have. Um, with, um, upper cabinets, there are some accessories that will actually help you pull food items down to you. Uh, we have one of these in our design studio and Mm -hmm. it's, uh, one of my favorite things to show when, when we give tours. Uh, so Mm -hmm. you'd open up that wall cabinet door. There's kind of a handle down at the bottom that lets you, uh, pull this mechanism. It kind of comes out and down and it's the shelving inside of the cabinet. And now you can reach what you need. Um, it's very heavy duty hardware. So it's also not going to feel heavy when you're trying to grab it. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to kind to set that back into place. Mm-hmm. And depending on how those doors open and close, there can also be some automation with the touch of a button that will help close the doors. Sure. Um, and we've installed some of these for our clients and they've really enjoyed having them mm-hmm. because maybe we couldn't create enough storage in the right place and they still needed to capitalize on that volume up mm-hmm. high, mm-hmm. Um, but accessing it was a real challenge. Yeah, especially for clients that may be shorter and you know have a hard time reaching higher cabinets too because... Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'm I'm tall, and to me, it would be a nuisance to have to push a button and wait for something to come down. I can just grab it and reach it. Right. But for the person that can't grab it and reach it, it's a lifesaver for mm-hmm. them to be able to push a button and have it come to them. Mm-hmm. And it gets that storage, uh, really gives them the ability to store things in places that they can't reach otherwise. Right. Yeah. So. 
There's also some really easy things that are considered to be universal design. If you're just thinking about your kitchen cabinets, uh, some people might not have hardware on their cabinets at all, and they kind of have to reach the side of the door, the side of the drawer to open up the the mm-hmm. unit. If your drawers are kind of sticky or or really heavily loaded down, it can be hard to open those. Now imagine that maybe you have a hand injury or even arthritis. That can be a really tough thing to do. So the next step up from that would be the obvious choice of having cabinet hardware. Well, the type of hardware you use can make a difference as well. Typically, a, a larger pool is going to be much easier for anyone to use. Uh, if your hands are full or dirty, you can just kind of slip one finger in to open a drawer. Uh, you don't have to grip the knob. Uh, it's usually easier for children too, especially a very small children, to open up something with a pool rather than a knob. So just choosing, you know, option A over option B can make opening and closing doors that much easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's choices for uh, uh, cabinets to not have any hardware and you might have a, a push to open door. So you can kind of bump your hip against the door or an elbow or a hand. It lightly presses in and then opens automatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people find that feature to be very user friendly. Um, and most recently, um, I saw some automation in opening that really kind of caught my eye. Um, it was on a uh, trash pullout cabinet. And a lot of us have, have those in our homes. And you know, you're cracking eggs or you're working with meat or your hands are dirty, but you need to access the trash. You don't really want to touch the handle and spread mm-hmm. germs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you try to do that anyway. So um, some of the options I talked about, like the push to open can help with that. You don't really have to, to touch the cabinet, but now they're adding sensors in the toe kick. So you can just kind of wave your toe underneath. And if you catch that sensor, the door's automatically going to open. Hmm. And then if you wave your foot underneath again and catch that sensor, the door's automatically going to close. Hmm. Um, I think one of the units that they were showing um, at the event I was at had, you could just see this little kind of like LED light glowing on the floor. So mm-hmm. you knew where that sensor was located. And I thought that was really smart. That's kind of taking it to the next level. Um, Yes, there's some electricity running to that, but it's probably very low voltage, uh, uh, very, you know, economical use. Um, But I I think we're going to continue to see more advances like that, Mm -hmm. that make, uh, make it much easier for us to kind of get in and get out of things or open and close things. Yeah, that makes perfect sense cuz like as you're talking about yeah, your hands are dirty and now you have to grab that uh, hardware to open the waste basket. Mm-hmm. I mean, that runs through my mind every time I'm doing that cuz I like to fix eggs in the morning early. Mm-hmm. Crack those eggs and get a little bit of stuff on you and throw the shells away and I got to grab that handle. So mm-hmm. gosh, I'm sorry. There's probably tons of bacteria on that. handle. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only in that cabinet, but what about your kitchen faucet? You crack the eggs open and you throw well, things see, in the I sink. I have the motion, the wave your hand and it turns on. Faucet. Oh, so now mm-hmm. did you even think about you were choosing a universally designed product, Gary, when you mm, put that in I your didn't house? I think about that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so talking about technology in, in the kitchen, um, having a hands-free faucet is becoming more and more popular with consumers. Uh, I know a lot of us are scared of the airport bathroom faucets that you wave your hands in front of a million times and they don't work, but Mm -hmm. the technology has advanced to where you can have some very good functioning features and not even have to touch that faucet to turn it on and wash your hands. That's so true. And uh, I love that faucet and I've talked about it on the radio show a lot. And I always say there's only one problem with the faucet is every other kitchen sink I walked up to, I just pulled my hands out waiting for water to turn on. <laughs> it doesn't turn on. What's going on? I have wrong? done the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten used to ours that we have installed in our yeah. design studio, the wave your hand over the yes. top. So yeah. I've walked right up to faucets and wave my hand over the top and people look at me like, what is she doing? I know what you mean. Okay, Courtney, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. 
Good morning. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. I'm glad to have you tuning in this morning. Today, I'm talking with Courtney Burnett, our Interior Design Manager at Dave Fox Design Build Remodelers. And Courtney, you've been at Dave Fox for, what, 14, 15 years? 14 years. 14 years. Yes. Great. 14 lovely years. Well, Never, thank Wouldn't you. have it any other way. Well, me neither. <laughs> it's been great. So, um, Courtney, you were, were talking about interior or universal design, and mm-hmm. it was interesting you were saying when you first came on to Dave Fox and became a, an employee, that's when the kind of the universal design idea was kind of making center stage. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yeah. It actually kind of, I think, helped me get in the door a little bit. Yeah, probably did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're clever, you? a good you? connection there. <laughs> I tried my best. It did work. <laughs> yeah, it did work. Okay, so right. we were talking about... Uh, kitchens in the mm-hmm. previous segment and mm-hmm. I know we have a little bit more to talk about in the kitchen because my gosh there's that's where practically everything in the home the home is happening is it really kitchen. is mm-hmm. yeah the kitchen is is definitely our, the the living room and the heart of the home and mm-hmm. we were talking about your kitchen yeah uh, and your hands-free faucet and yeah. how you've gotten so used to that and and really love the functionality of yes. it correct yes mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's interesting how um technology keeps changing products that we use Um, In the home, you know, you Mm -hmm. expect it in cars and you expect it on your phone. But uh, sometimes it surprises people that that technology is creeping into the showering products and your kitchen sink or kitchen faucet. And um, uh, we had a a earlier segment this year talking about the kitchen and bath industry show. And that's where all the latest and greatest and newest is kind of presented to Mm -hmm. us as Mm -hmm. industry members. Um, And um, voice activation was a big big thing this year mm-hmm. uh, uh everywhere and on the kitchen faucet too yeah. so kind of again taking it that next step um a few different manufacturers had voice activated faucets and again my first thought even though i love adapting to this stuff is well, what, what's it really going to do what do you need that for yeah well um this particular faucet um, was programmed with an app and you had a lot of flexibility in what you could do with its programming mm-hmm. um, but maybe think of yourself if you're uh Google Home user or an Alexa, and you get kind of used to just saying, hey, Alexa, turn on lights. Hey, Alexa, turn on the music. Well, this faucet could be uh, fill dog bowl or fill water bottle. And what you could do is pre-program the amount of ounces of water those Mm -hmm. items had so Mm -hmm. it recognized and understood. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was interesting to think about maybe you your kids really want a puppy and you want them to learn how to take care of said puppy and mm-hmm. learn responsibility. Um, even the really little ones. So, you know, your four year old could get the dog bowl, you know, bring it over the faucet and say, fill dog bowl. And they don't have to grab the handle and hold the bowl with the other hand. They don't mm-hmm. have to overflow it because they put too much water in. The faucet will fill fill the bowl with the right amount and they can go and set it back down. So <laughs> interesting concept. Yeah. Um, but also maybe you have uh, an arm injury. Maybe you're, you broke your arm and you're using your left hand and your right handed and something as simple as using a kitchen faucet can become a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you just uh, you have bad arthritis. Maybe you have limited mobility mm-hmm. or in a wheelchair and, you know, getting the wheelchair up to the countertop, reaching to the faucet that sits at the back of the countertop can be a big challenge. Mm-hmm. So I, I really kind of had my eyes opened and, you know, we're talking about hands-free function, but then how voice control can really help um, in a lot of different scenarios. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great example of what we mean about universal design. Those stories went from everything from a young child learning responsibility mm-hmm. to uh, maybe a condition that some of us will feel with age to a mobility issue to being in a wheelchair or maybe being on crutches or having mm-hmm. your arm in a cast. So mm-hmm. all of those scenarios are a bigger, broader 
outlook at how we interact with the products in our home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the voice control, that is, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm just thinking in my home that that may not work <laughs> because <laughs> you know, I've got the six grandchildren and the twins are five, almost six. And then Jason is like eight, seven. And then there's a nine-year-old and then, and, you're imagining you know, chaos, I, aren't you? What I discovered, Courtney, is when you're little in size, you make up for it for how loud you talk. <laughs> the louder you are, it makes up for how, how small you are. And for some reason, God gave little kids really loud voices. That's a good consideration. <laughs> so, this is very true. And I'm just thinking, when you were talking about how a four-year-old could take the and say, fill dog bowl. Mm-hmm. They would have so much fun doing that over and over and over again. They dump the water out and fill the dog bowl. Dump the water out, fill the dog. That would they would You're have right. so much fun with you that. You know, I'll have to do some research. I would imagine there might be some override features on some of these products, and if there aren't, there will be. Yeah. So that it might only recognize certain voices, yes. um, or between certain mm-hmm. hours of the day, even. I'm sure um, there's a world out there somewhere where that works. But yes. I just have yes. Hard time. But but you know that's I think the beauty of technology yeah. is that a lot. Lot of scenarios can be circumvented with the right settings mm-hmm. uh, and and it makes sense to me okay voice activation on this you know is only available through these hours of the day so yeah. you know nobody's using that in yeah. the middle of the night or mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure with um, you know the iPhones and Siri when you first set it up and train it for the hey Siri it's only recognizing your voice oh I just actually made my phone go off okay i've done the same thing <laughs> but but if if gary were to say that to my phone i don't think it will respond mm. i think it actually is is recognizing voice too so mm-hmm. i don't see why that can't be integrated into sure. other things but who knows you know where where is this going to go it has to start somewhere right it has to start mm-hmm. somewhere yeah. um well it's a fascinating idea though it is so so back to the kitchen and just mm-hmm. a couple little other things that i i did want to touch on before we maybe move on to the bath which mm-hmm. is very important really mm-hmm. probably the most important in universal design or aging in place. Um, a lot of um, people that love to cook or, or just have large families, what what have you, have double ovens. Yeah. I think you probably have a double yeah. oven in, mm-hmm. in your house, Gary. And traditionally, that's one oven stacked on top of the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be a real challenge for a, a lot of us on the shorter side of the scale, too. Um, so design-wise, and again, this has become an attractive design feature, I think, just because it's different and aesthetically interesting, but it's doing side-by-side ovens rather than stacked top on top of one another. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be considered a universal design aspect or feature, but it's not one that anyone would typically think of yeah. in, in that regard. Um, and then also in the appliance market and talking about ovens, you know, the door that drops down can also be a challenge, especially when it's high. You're kind of reaching up and over this sure. very hot yep. um, door. Well, there are a lot of ovens on the market now that have a side swinging door. Yeah. Yeah. And it can swing either to the left or the right, um, and that can make accessing an oven much, much easier for a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, we installed one for a customer uh, last year, and she just loved the function of it. I, she didn't have a, a real need for any specific reason, but mm-hmm. uh, we both kind of thought, oh, this is this feels more comfortable. It yeah, makes it more makes, sense. It makes sense, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the hinging is made so when that door's open, it stays open. If you open mm-hmm. it at... 45 degrees, it stays at 45 okay. degrees. When it's open at 90, it stays at 90. And it truly does work because my first question was, well, if that door is hot on the inside, you know, is it going to accidentally close and, uh, and, and hurt someone? Yeah. So f- 
safety features are also very, very important, you know, especially in the kitchen and the bathroom mm-hmm. where you're working with heat and water. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also were always thinking of that as, as designers and remodelers, that sure. safety is very, very important. And we, we want to make sure that uh, what we're designing and installing in your home is going to keep you safe as well. Exactly. Okay. Are we ready to get into bathrooms? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So in the bathroom, well, I mean, I think that, you know, one thing to think about is where the bathroom is located before we even get inside. And a, a very common challenge and problem is that many homes, two-story homes, only have a bathroom on the second floor, especially older mm-hmm. homes. Yeah. Um, and when talking about aging in place and really wanting to stay in your home no matter what your age is, all of a sudden accessing that bathroom can be really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um and figuring out how to get another bathroom on the first floor is really key in, in that person being able to stay in their home. If they can't, I think that's a big cause of when we have to start looking at outside care facilities um, for for folks to be able to be able to live comfortably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's you know something that aging in place is trying to prevent. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting to the bathroom number one, um, but then inside of the bathroom having enough room to really use a space get inside, turn around, Mm -hmm. um, access the shower, access the tub, or maybe have someone help you access that. If the room is too small for two people at the same time, that's a challenge. Uh, So universal design really is addressing just space Mm -hmm. in general in in these rooms, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Courtney, we're going to take a quick break after that. I know we've got a lot more important bathroom stuff to talk about, so we will be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. And I am Gary Demas. And today I have Courtney Burnett with me. Courtney is our interior design manager, Dave Fox. So Courtney, thanks for being here. So you're helping to educate all of us on universal design and uh, aging in place. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about how really a lot of products are accomplishing that without us even knowing it. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's very true. Um, the bathrooms, you know, I, I would say probably the more challenging space when it yeah. comes to universal design. I think especially because you really need the use and function of the bathroom every day, multiple times throughout mm-hmm. the day, um, bathing, cleaning, and caring for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kitchen's obviously equally as important, but some people don't cook at home that much. You can order delivery. You can mm-hmm. have someone bring you food. And and make things work. But in, in the bathroom, it's a little bit of a different story. Mm-hmm. So accessibility is big. Being able to even access the space is important. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the products, though, that comes to mind, you know, when we're talking about just naturally integrating things into our home would be what we would call a comfort height toilet or a right height toilet. Mm-hmm. I do have a lot, a lot of customers that one thing on their list is, well, I want that toilet that's a little bit taller with the higher seat because we've all probably experienced where you go to use the restroom and you, you feel like you're on a little kid's chair. You you know, you're almost all the way down to the floor. That's really hard on our knees, on our hips. It's just not comfortable. Um, well, today, really, the standard toilet is considered that comfort height toilet. Um, some manufacturers don't even offer the shorter version anymore. But originally, when that was designed, it was kind of marketed as this special, taller, universal design yeah. toilet or for, you know, accessibility. And it's just the norm anymore. Um, so I love that, that some of these things have just become typical normal products to us, but they really came through um, with this universal design concept in mind. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one product um, we touched on earlier, uh, the zero entry shower or no threshold shower. Um, that's a great universal design feature. It's easier for anyone to step into a shower if you don't have to step up and over something, you know, bulky, especially because you're talking about wet, slippery 
surfaces. Yeah. Um, and many, many injuries that take place at home take place right then. It's when there's someone is stepping into or out of the shower. Mm-hmm. Or if you have the bathtub shower combination, that's a challenge because you've got an even higher, you know, tub height to, to step over. Yeah. So by not having that threshold um that really appeals to a lot of people, it does have to be planned properly though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as you know. Yeah, as you mentioned that also, some people just still want a threshold, but we make it much lower now. Correct. Right? That is like, true. What were people thinking when they made these thresholds so high? Yeah, what, I don't know. What was, I mean, were they bathing their dogs in there or what were they I doing? have no clue, but you're right. I mean, some of these are six, seven, eight yeah. inches tall and they just don't need to be. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would say that on average, uh, thresholds are probably around three mm-hmm. inches high now yeah. um, and kind of a standard showering application. Mm-hmm. And even the preformed bases that you you know, buy in, in the box or have much, much lower thresholds than they used yeah. to. So it's, it's funny. I, I really don't know if there was a, a real specific reason or if it was just the design aesthetic at the time and no one questioned it. Yeah. You know, a lot of times the, the problem is no one's like, ask, stop to ask, well, why do we keep making this mm-hmm. thing this way? Exactly. And the answer is, well, we've always done it that yeah. way. Uh-huh. So you have it's to have a, broke, some people. Don't fix it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it was broken. We didn't know it. <laughs> we, we didn't know it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's good to, to ask those questions. Yeah. You know, why have we always done it that way? Mm-hmm. Um, another norm, I think, in, in a bathroom is having a handheld or a handheld on a slide bar yeah. in the shower. I just think it's a great feature because it gives you flexibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not uncommon to have two members in the the same house, the very different heights. Mm-hmm. I would want my shower head height, a slightly different height than, you know, what you would want Gary mm-hmm. being over six feet tall. Mm-hmm. So having a, a handheld on a slide bar lets you adjust the height of that handheld. Mm-hmm. It lets you take it off and clean the shower easily. Uh, or if you have a bench and you need to sit while showering, you can use it then as well. So I think that we've, the commu- consumer in general has embraced that showering item is, you know, I want to have one of these. It makes sense. Um, but also in the universal design aspect, that would absolutely hit the mark and the target for, for that area. Yep. Um, and most recently I've seen um, standard shower heads, you know, fixed shower heads on the wall that actually give you the flexibility in the arm to change the height. So the arm that the head is mounted to has a joint in it and it lets you move that shower head up a little taller or move it down a little bit lower, even Mm -hmm. though it's a fixed shower head. And I just think that's great design and it gives you choice and flexibility, but absolutely considered to be a universally designed product as well. Yep. Mm -hmm. Makes sense to me. It does. Uh, What else in the shower and the bathroom can we talk about? We touched on, on the toilets, um, the shower, the shower size, of course, um, no matter how mm-hmm. great the features are, if it's too small to really move around comfortably or, yeah. or work with an injury, mm-hmm. you know, you always want to want to look at that. Sometimes we steal space from maybe an adjacent closet or bedroom to increase the size of a shower mm-hmm. um, where you're really going to notice it and use it. And you probably won't miss that space so much in that spare bedroom in your home. So yeah. thinking things through like that. Yeah. You know, if you're used to bathing in a very tight shower and you get you know, you can get used to about anything. <clears throat> well, I've gotten used to bathing in the big shower now. And when I get in, like we were just visited uh, my my wife's uh, family and they rented a couple homes and kind of a getaway thing. And the flower, the shower was a really tiny neo-angle shower. And I tried to get a, take a shower in there. Mm-hmm. And my elbows, I thought I was going to tear the whole thing apart just by <laughs> trying to move around and wash my hair. My air, elbows were hitting the side of this yeah. thing. But my goodness, <laughs> how does anybody take a shower in this thing? Exactly. But you're right. You get used to something mm-hmm. and, you, and you feel like you can just live with that forever. But mm-hmm. then you get 
get a taste of an improvement and then you think, wow, I've really been missing yeah. out on, on quality of life really mm -hmm. in, in some terms. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, the bathroom is something, it's the first room where you walk into in the morning. It's usually the last room you go into at night. Sure. So it affects us in so many ways. Um, uh, you know, with our health, our well-being, um, just our general emotions and mood can be affected mm -hmm. greatly by that space. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then lighting, too, I think is so crucial. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we could probably have an entire segment just on lighting. Mm -hmm. But um, but lighting alone, helping you to see your way or see what you need is very important. And, mm -hmm. of course, you know, our standard fixtures and having the right wattage or using LED so you have enough light is important. But what's great about LED is that it's it lets us create very, very tiny fixtures to get light and unusual places. Mm, true. So I'm going to bounce to the kitchen and the bathroom here. Um, it's much easier for us to do toe kick lighting, which is a really great accent, but it also is very helpful to someone with some sight impairments to kind of see their way around the kitchen and know where the perimeters are mm -hmm. um, or lighting a stairwell or underneath the risers of the stairs. It's just mm -hmm. a beautiful design feature, but it can be so helpful in safety and wayfinding, um, especially you know, if you got to use the bathroom at night and you have to you know go down a step or, you know, around a dark corner, I think having lighting in those ways can be extremely helpful. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing more and more lighting on the insides of cabinets, um, lighting all of the drawers and all of your bases. And that's one where you say, you know, you get used to, well, I've never had lighting in my cabinets before. Mm -hmm. I don't need it. Mm -hmm. And I was demoing through these kitchens and I thought, how can I live without this? It was so nice to open up, you know, these cabinets and corner units and just, you just saw everything inside. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to see that start to really um, become more normal in, in these spaces as well. We're mm -hmm. just kind of the tip of the iceberg, I think, when it comes to the interior lighting of yeah. things. But it's much more accessible to, to get that now. Yeah, and as those things become popular, the price comes down too because they're making so much more of it. Correct, mm -hmm. correct. Yeah, yeah. and it's more Which affordable. helps drive the popularity when it becomes more within reach of mm -hmm. people's budgets. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. So... Um, yeah, lighting is, is certainly something that is changing very quickly, but becoming, uh, I think, a bigger part of all of the designs that we work within. Yeah. So really, as we've talked about this, we can kind of summarize um, universal design and aging in place and talk about how that, uh, as we've mentioned before, products have come in and the manufacturers of these products have embraced this technology and this um, really lifestyle. Yes. And yes. meeting the needs of more people and more sizes of people and uh, what the abilities that people have. Mm -hmm. And then these products have come into the kitchens and the baths and really have become commonplace uh, without a lab being labeled universal design. So Correct. Courtney, it's been great having you on this morning. Appreciate that. We appreciate everybody tuning in to our radio show and we will be back here next Sunday morning at eight.